Welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard on Chorus Radio. It's a travel show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So a few months back, we had travel writer and avid birdwatcher Carol Patterson on as a guest, giving us some birdwatching tips. We had some great feedback on that segment, so we've invited Carol Patterson back this week. She's going to join us in a few moments to share her recent trip to Cranbrook, B.C., where she claims it's one of the best bird-watching places there is, so we'll see. And then we'll take a complete 180, go from bird-watching to heli-skiing, and talk with Last Frontier Heli-Skiing, learn about some of the fantastic tour packages they're offering this winter. Can't believe we're talking about winter already. And Contiki Canada is offering some new adventures throughout Canada, so later on in the podcast, we'll find out more about those. But let's get to our first guest. As I mentioned, travel writer and avid bird watcher Carol Patterson recently took a trip to Cranbrook, B.C. and discovered just how good it was to do some bird watching there. Carol joins us now to tell us more about it. Hi, Carol. Hi, Randy. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How'd you find out that Cranbrook was such a hot spot for bird watching? Did you just happen to kind of be there and, and find out, or you searched it out? Um, actually, I have to confess that uh, they came... Uh, the lovely people at Tourism Cranbrook invited me to come and do some bird watching uh, because it's a place I've never been to. And uh, I shouldn't say that. I have been to Cranbrook, but I've never been there for the bird watching. And I was so surprised to find out it was the best bird watching destination I'd never heard of, uh, but well worth a visit. Nice. Okay. So, what I mean, we've talked about this before when we had, uh, had you on uh, a few months ago about, uh, you know, things to do to to make your experience better but uh, what are some good strategies for successful bird watching in Cranbrook then? Well I think every bird watcher whether they know they're a bird watcher or not um, likes a variety of habitats and that's what impressed me about Cranbrook. Um, I've driven through there many times and probably like a lot of people have stuck to the highway and it's kind of a wide open valley but if you get off that main road um, there's a lot of green spaces around there and so I found um, some places on the water, uh, some places in the forest, uh, some places along the bike trail. And so there was a variety of places to look for birds. And there's quite a, a large number of species, um, perhaps not as well known about because uh, there's not as a large population of people. And so not as many people talking about the birds that are in the area. But um, yeah, there's, uh, there's quite a bit to see. And I even found um, what we call a blue-listed species. So that's something that's very rare. And that is the uh, Lewis's woodpecker. And found those at the St. Eugene Resort, which a lot of your listeners probably know about as a great place to go golfing or maybe they've been to the casino. But if they go for a walk along the river there, uh, there is actually a group of these endangered-type birds. And uh, they're very pretty. Even if you don't think you like birds, you would like watching these because they're kind of a pink and green, um, a bright green uh, woodpecker, and they're more like a flycatcher. So, yeah, so there's lots to see here. And um, I've written a blog post for the Tourism Cranbrook people called Going to the Birds in Cranbrook, and I've listed some of the places where you can go. So in terms of strategies, I guess I would suggest you get up early (laughs) and you plan (laughs) enough time in Cranbrook because you might think there's uh, enough to keep you busy for an afternoon, but I would suggest you probably could keep busy for several days. Well, and I think that's, uh, as we spoke before, uh, one of the things that makes bird watching popular is that you're not only looking at birds, but you're out in the outdoors, you're getting some exercise, and who knows what else you might see, right? That's right, yes. No, and um, 
you know, people uh, don't realize that where I like to go, say, watch for birds are also great places to hike or to walk. Uh, Cranbrook has a community forest, which I didn't even realize was there, but it's a huge green space. Um, it's got a lot of different pathways that you can access from different parts of the community. Um, but there's like 100 kilometers of hiking trails. And, you know, it's to me, it makes it more interesting as I as I do a hike to just, you know, check out the trees or the, the water or the puddles and see what kind of birds are there. And so uh, I found the pileated woodpecker, which is the largest of um, Canada's woodpeckers, which uh, even if you don't think you would like to see a woodpecker, you would probably notice this one because <laughs> it's got the really large red crest and it's pretty striking. So, um, yeah, so there's surprises and sometimes you might see a bear, uh, which I happened to do this week, not in Cranbrook, but on another Rocky Mountains outing. So, yeah, I find that if you're looking for the small things, you often see more of the big things um, just because you're taking the time and you're being more observant. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned St. Eugene uh, Golf Resort and Casino. We've had them on, actually, not too long ago. So there's a good place to stay uh, with a very interesting uh, history, by the way. And then uh, also in your blog, you mentioned the Elizabeth Lake Bird Sanctuary. Now, it's a bird sanctuary, so obviously if it's <laughs> if it's a sanctuary, it would be a good place to go if you're wanting to look for birds, right? <laughs> It is. And, you know, and I think it's unique, too, because it's one of the few sanctuaries I know that's located right next to the visitor center and the highway. So you can't miss this place. Uh, and it's uh, it's got a variety of trails. Um, they're wood chips, so they're quite soft, but it's a good place if you want to do a run in the morning or if you like to walk your dog. Um, you can go for a walk there right off the highway. Uh, it's about four kilometers of trails in a variety of different directions. Uh, and there's actually painted turtles there. The um, Rocky Mountain naturalists, who are very active in Cranbrook, uh, they have a project there to try and help the turtles. And um, next to the bird sanctuary is the Elizabeth Lake Lodge. Now, this is uh, one of, I guess I'd call it a boutique hotel in Cranbrook. Mm-hmm. And every room is facing towards the sanctuary. So if you're a bird watcher or a nature lover, this is a great place to base your travel adventures from because uh, you can go out the door and just go for a run. And the other thing I just uh, discovered, because bird watching is actually best early morning after, or late afternoon, yeah. in the middle of the day, there's something, you know, you've got some time to fill. So if you're staying at the Elizabeth Lake Lodge, it turns out they have the toughest mini putt in Canada with a car <laughs> 70. And people come from all over to golf with this little mini putt, which has also, I think, uh, Canada's longest mural on the mini putt. Uh, which has, uh, it's a par 70, and apparently the locals bring all of their visitors there. So it's a very popular stop. And even if you don't stay at the lodge, you can go and do mini putt. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was one of those quirky things um, that would be a perfect way to fill in the afternoon between yeah. outdoor adventures. So. Lots of fun uh, things to do in Cranbrook. You can read all about it at the Cranbrook Tourism website. It's Cranbrook tourism.com and the blog is going to the birds in Cranbrook and the author is Carol Patterson. Always uh, fun to chat, Carol. Her website, by the way, is carolpatterson.ca. Thanks for your uh, input, Carol. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Randy. Well, hard to believe that summer is coming to an end soon, but that just opens the door to winter activities. And one activity we haven't really talked about is heli skiing. Yeah, I know it's not for everyone, but for avid skiers, it's the chance of a lifetime. So to tell us more about it is Mike Watling. 
He is the managing partner for Last Frontier Heli Skiing. Their website is lastfrontierheli.com. Hi, Mike. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Tell me a little bit about Last Frontier Heli Skiing and how you got involved. Um, well, as you can probably just about tell from the accent, I'm not Canadian originally. I actually came over from England 20-odd <laughs> 20 20 odd years ago in order to be a ski bum, and one thing led to another, and I kind of got stuck in, the, uh, stuck in the industry, but in a good way. So we had an opportunity, came up to become a, become a partner in Last Frontier, and the, the then boss invited me to do so, so I, I leapt at the opportunity, really. Well, nice. Uh, I know nothing much about heli skiing. In fact, of uh, all the topics we've done in the last 10-plus years or so with my show, uh, we've never touched on, on heli skiing, so I'm excited to learn about it. My image is, and I'm looking at uh, the videos, which are spectacular on your website, by the way, which is lastfrontierheli.com, uh, is you fly a helicopter, drop people off at the side of a mountain, and they ski for a bit, and you fly back. <laughs> so, so tell me that there's way more to it than that. Well, actually, not really. No, I mean, you've pretty much summed it up in a nutshell. I mean, that is the essence of it. I mean, the idea is to uh, take people into a wilderness, into a wilderness location um, where the snow is... Uh, supposed to be as good as it gets, and uh, yeah, take them to the top of the mountain, um, pop them out at the top there with the mountain guide, and uh, have them ski down um, incredible runs uh, down to the bottom, and then get picked up again and back up to the top again. And then our experience uh, is a multi-day experience, so once you've done that all day, um, you then head back to one of our lodges and uh, have a nice meal and hang out with your friends and have a dunk in the hot tub or a massage or whatever, and then uh, good sleep followed by uh, more skiing the following day. So it's, uh, it's quite an immersive experience, um, and traditionally people have traveled from all over the world to come and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much at the pinnacle of the skiing experience for those passionate skiers. Now, speaking of passionate skiers, how good of a skier do I have to be to enjoy myself? I don't want to be uh, rolling down the side of a mountain, wiping out here and there everywhere. So do I have to be quite experienced? You need to be reasonably experienced, yeah, but it's certainly a misnomer that, you know, you need to be able to leap out of helicopters and jump off cliffs like you see in all the sort of extreme ski movies. But, you know, that really isn't the case. If you're a competent skier on a, on a single black diamond run in any of the ski resorts here in, uh, in Canada or the U.S. for that matter, um, and you know you're, you're comfortable in different conditions, and you you know you've got a decent amount of experience under your belt. Then uh, you know you're definitely ready to look at heli skiing. Mm-hmm. And the best and the best way to to just to figure out whether you're you know whether you're good enough or not is to you know is to give us a call or to speak to someone who's been heli skiing and go and do a few turns with them and ask them because the last thing that we want um, is anyone to come and feel uncomfortable with the experience. I mean the idea is you come here to have a good time, so we don't want to be we don't want to be putting people into a into an uncomfortable position. Yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, you're not on groomed runs. This is the uh, the the pinnacle of powder, I would think, for a skier, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can't we we can't guarantee perfect conditions. You know, it's not going to be dreamy blue skies and waist deep powder every day. But you know, that's the real advantage of having the helicopter is that you can you can well you can use the skill of the mountain guide combined with the versatility of the helicopter to access a huge amount of terrain and therefore you know pick pick the best terrain and pick the best snow conditions given given what's going on that day mm-hmm. you know and that and that changes rapidly so you know it, it, like i said it's up to the expertise of the guides to go and sniff out the goods if you like 
So tell me what else is included. You'd mentioned a lodge, and obviously you got to get to uh, the uh, place where you start your tour. So, so let's start from the starting point, and what else is included? Okay, so uh, basically all our trips include uh, transportation from Smithers or Terrace, which is our sort of our gateway town. So most people will travel through Vancouver, fly up to Smithers or Terrace, and then we meet them there. So we drive them then into the lodge, which is about a four-hour trip by ground through some magnificent scenery. Um, and then um, the skiing is included, the lodging is included, the, all your food is included. Pretty much everything's included except for, you know, drinks and additional massage or, mm. yeah, massage or things that you might want to buy in the gift shop, um, you know, those, those sorts of extras. But otherwise, it's pretty much all inclusive. And it works out roughly to be about, it's about a couple of thousand dollars per day all in. So it's, um, you know, for most people, that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But, uh, you know, it's def- we'd like to think that it's good value as well. Well, it is one of those things that's a trip of a lifetime. You could, uh, you know, say that going on an African safari is expensive. But, um, again, that's one of those things that ranks right up there as a trip of a lifetime to ski down the side of a mountain, right? Yes, um, but uh, I'll warn you that I've heard that, I've heard that expression a lot. Oh, yes, you know, it's a one-off. It's on my bucket list. It's a trip of a lifetime and people will come, and then, uh, funnily enough, you'll see them the following year and then the year after. So for all of those who are thinking, all of those who might be thinking that it's a trip of a lifetime, it is, I warn you now, it's highly addictive. So uh, <laughs> be prepared. Well, at least we don't have to travel halfway around the world to get there. Uh, tell me about the lodges, though, the accommodations. Okay, so there's, there's two lodges that we have, both very different in, in nature. One's... Uh, One's called Bell 2 Lodge. It's an off-the-grid lodge in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there is a road running by it, but, uh, you know, we run our own electricity generators and, uh, you know, our own sewage system. So it's completely cut off from the rest of the world. You know, nearest town is about two and a half hours away. Um, and it's, uh, it's, a little, it's like a little mini log cabin village set up for heli-skiing, so helicopters parked right on your doorstep there. Um, and that takes about 36 people when we're fully booked there. And then the other um, lodge is called Ripley Creek, that's in the very small town of Stewart up in northern British Columbia. Um, and uh, there we basically rent a small hotel, quirky sort of hotel called the Ripley Creek Inn and um, house people there. And we have a little restaurant and it's a bit more it's a bit more rustic. Um, the Stewart is an old mining town and still is, is actually still a mining town. There's lots of mining activity which goes on in the area. So the, the two experiences are very different. One's very remote and secluded. And the other one is you're in the thick of a small northern industrial town with some charm. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds uh, really exciting. How many, uh, how many days uh, is a typical tour? We offer anything from a four through a seven day tour. And uh, I mean, obviously, you might think that I would say this, but, you know, in my experience, the, the longer you come for, the more you enjoy it, because the more you sort of settle in, you know, mm-hmm. I've always said a I always said you can't go on holiday for four days because that's not a vacation. You know, you need you need at least five or a week to really sort of settle into it. Uh huh. And and obviously this is weather dependent. What happens if you just can't fly for whatever reason? It does happen. Um, we call those down days. And on down days, uh, we've got other activities which will which go on at the lodge. Um, we'll uh, we'll do some snowshoeing or this cross country skiing, or we've actually got some fat bikes as well, so some fat bike um, trails. But we don't put a whole load of emphasis into the down-day activity because, to be quite frank, we don't have many. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a week, uh, we probably only have about a day 
um, well, between half a day and a day per week on average where you can't fly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the reason for that is we have really good tree skiing close to the lodge and the helicopters are able to get out in poorer weather and we can go skiing in the trees because the trees are used as reference by the helicopter pilots and the, and the guides so that they can kind of see where they're going rather than if you're flying around up in the high alpine above tree line. You know, you wouldn't have any reference because everything would be white. Anything that I've missed, Mike, that you might want to add? Well, actually, yes. There's one thing that's pretty exciting right now for Canadians is um, with with the COVID thing, I suppose people call it these days. With the COVID thing going on, we've tried to think outside the box a little bit. We've, uh, We've come up with the concept that if the borders are shut, then we'll be offering our trips at half price to all Canadians. An awesome opportunity for any Canadians out there who are thinking of doing this. Well, it sounds really exciting. Last Frontier Heli Skiing. You can find uh, lots of information on their website, lastfrontierheli.com. And Mike Watling is the managing partner with Last Frontier Heli Skiing. Uh, Thanks for your insight, Mike. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now, Randy. Well, since international travel has been all but eliminated due to the COVID pandemic, there's no time like now to explore Canada. So Contiki Canada is offering some new adventures within our own borders. To tell us more about them is Sherilyn Berry. She is the president of Contiki Canada. Hi, Sherilyn. Hi. Tell me a little bit about Contiki for those, uh, I know lots about it, but uh, maybe somebody uh, might not have heard of it before. For, so for those, uh, what's Contiki all about? Absolutely. Kentiki has been around since 1962. So we are a longstanding uh, company. We cater to the 18 to 35 year old travelers. Um, And essentially, we just want to bring that age group together from all corners of the globe um, to discover new cultures and to explore this beautiful world. And we have over 350 trips um, for every kind of activity, destination that you can possibly think of, and really keeping in mind exactly what that age group of 18 to 35-year-olds want when they can get out there and explore and um, really see what this world has to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, you have four new trips. Are they new trips, or are they just kind of, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know, uh, adjusted accordingly because of no. uh, the lack of international travel? No, these are brand spanking new trips. Um, when, uh, you know, when we did see the opportunity for more Canadians to travel within our own country, um, after the pandemic had started, we got to work and us as a team, both here in Canada and our operations teams, um, around the globe sat down and, and really thought about what do Canadians want to do that are in this age group, always keeping in mind what this age group wants to do. Um, is super important to our business and also for their enjoyment. So we actually surveyed over 1,200 um, millennial and Gen Zers across Canada and really listened to what they wanted to do um, and took that feedback and started to create some itineraries, keeping in mind that winter is coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've created a ski vamp and ski whistler trip. And then also thinking about uh, here over on the East Coast or Eastern Canada. So we did an Ontario and Quebec in one week, as well as beautiful Atlantic Canada. So these are brand new. 
Um, and we're working with local communities, local businesses, and we really just want to connect Canadians to those companies um, and really put some money back into Canada. Mm-hmm. So now when you're talking about that demographic, that uh, 18 to 35-year-old, uh, a lot of them, from the studies I've seen, like to do it themselves. So what does Contiki offer that uh, you, know, you can say to the do-it-yourselfer, hey, this is better, this is a better deal? Absolutely. A, a lot of, well, whenever you travel with a company like Contiki, there's a lot of buying power behind um, working with us or traveling with us. Um, so obviously you're going to get a lot better rates than doing it on your own. We also take care of all the details. So you don't have to worry about the transportation, the accommodation. We provide some of the meals for you so you don't have to stress over that. And some of the activities are included in the cost as well. Um, so, you know, you, you know what you're going to spend on the trip and then all the little things that maybe are important to you as a traveler, those are just extra add-ons. Um, also, another thing is you're traveling with people that are of the same age. Mm-hmm. And we know that once everyone's had um, some time to be physically distanced from one another, I think this age is really craving to meet, meet people, get out there. Um, and socially connect once again, and that's what Kandiki definitely is able to provide. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about, a, let's start from the West Coast. You mentioned skiing in Whistler. What does that entail? Sure. So skiing in Whistler is transportation to and from Vancouver up to Whistler. That is for four days. Um, and when you get up there, the ski passes aren't included in Whistler because we know that some people don't want to actually go to Whistler to ski and snowboard. There's a lot of other things to do. Uh, to keep you busy, there's snowshoeing, there's cross-country skiing, there's activities in the village, spas and such. So we do give them the freedom to do what they want when they get up to Whistler. But your accommodation is included. Your, some of your meals are also there. And we have a Kentucky trip manager that's also there to help coordinate anything that you want to do in destination. And is it similar for Banff when you're talking about skiing uh, in Banff as well? That's Yeah, that's correct. This trip's a little bit longer. It's five days, and that still includes your transportation to and from Calgary, as well as your accommodation, which is a really interesting accommodation. You have your own kitchenette. Um, It's in a lodge, so it really gives you that bounce feel. Um, And there's also, you can visit the Yamnuska Wolf Dog Sanctuary, which is very interesting, and a lot of people are super excited about seeing that. Um, as well as just giving you the freedom once again to do a lot of other things. There's the glaciers, there's the spa, the Nordic spas up there as well. And again, the outdoor activities like Mm -hmm. snowshoeing and cross-country skiing and such. Let's go to the other end of the country now, Atlantic Canada. (laughs) It's very, very pretty in the the fall, that is for sure. I know. Um, So this is, we're visiting Halifax. Moncton and Charlottetown, and this is six days in duration. And there's a lot included on these itineraries, um, from a city tour of Halifax to being able to go and see Peggy's Cove and the Lighthouse, which is that iconic picture that I think everyone thinks about when they think of Atlantic Canada. Mm -hmm. There's the harbor tours, there's tours of Moncton and Charlottetown, and then what everyone loves is the bike ride along the Confederation Trail. Um, So these trips start next summer. 
Uh, so we're going to we're going to miss the winter months of Atlantic Canada, but I don't think people are going to be upset about that. No, I was going to say, it's pretty tough to bike when you get into a winter snowstorm in eastern exactly. Canada. Uh, now let's talk about a week in Ontario and Quebec. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people don't have the ability to have transportation um, to be able to go and do that road trip. And so we're trying to connect the 18 to 35 to get together, to get out there. Um, and starts in Toronto. Um, you can have the ability to see the CN Tower, Rogers Centre, on all the beautiful, wonderful things to do in the Toronto city. But then we head on out to Montreal. Um, I absolutely love Montreal and Old Town mm-hmm. and the old ports in Mount Royal. We will definitely consume a lot of poutine and smoked meat <laughs> sandwiches. Um, but we also have a really interesting dinner and an evening at the at a sugar shack. So you, that's, you get to see the heritage of the sugar shacks that uh, is Quebec. So that's super exciting on the top of a lot of people's lists. And a tour, obviously, of the nation's capital. So this one has got a lot packed into the itinerary. Um, it's also six days. Uh, now, obviously, we're living in this COVID world. What kind of adjustments and protocols, too, that are in place for, uh, so p- to keep people uh, safe and uh, you know, peace of mind? For sure. Very much we've implemented a well-being protocol to ensure all of our guests' um, well-being is prioritized. Um, And we are taking the guidance from the World Health Organization and various government agencies. So obviously taking into consideration province to province what their government regulations may be. So some of the things that we're doing for our travelers so they can feel rest assured is that you'll be traveling with your travel bubble is like what we'd like to call it. So the people that are going to be on your trip with you are going to be the people that you travel with. So you'll have the meals with them. Um, you'll be staying at the accommodations with them, obviously in your own rooms, though. Um, but that's also nice to, to consider when you are traveling with a group. That mm-hmm. might be something that you're, you're thinking about. We've also vetted all of our local suppliers, so all the restaurants, attractions, um, hotel facilities. We've talked to them, and we're ensuring that the hygiene and distancing protocols are adhered to. If they don't, we do not work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also asking all of our travelers to complete a personal wellness declaration before joining the trip because we want to know um, how they're doing, where they've been, and that they do pass before they come on the trip, and then we do keep in touch with them afterwards. Um, And then we're just also, it's important to note that all of our transportation is sanitized many times throughout the day. We've enhanced our cleaning measures, and, and that is keeping top of mind with what all other regulations are performing here in Canada. Uh, Sherilyn Berry is the president of Contiki Canada. Again, lots of info on these trips and other trips, too, on their uh, Contiki website, contiki.com. Always a pleasure to chat, Sherilyn. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Randy. And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.